0: Someone lights up my
1: heart like the sun And let someone is you please believe me. You're my Starlight when daytime is done My darling, sweet darling So happy to be here with you guys and gals. All right, six fifty-six p.m. on the East Coast on this July eighteenth, two thousand twenty-two. I'm your host. My name is Frank. This is the quite frankly pre-show, and um, it's a rainy Monday. Oh boy, has it been rainy inside and out. Um. Just downpouring all day, the lightning and the thunder. it's actually been much needed. We have not had uh, rain in a very, very long time. It's probably going to be so nice. nice for the um, local flora. And uh, I hope that you guys are ga- you guys and gals are doing well, whether it's raining or shining. We're going to have a nice night tonight. I have two friends stopping by on the phone. Sean from the FGT Report and Corey from coreysdigs.com. And we tend to cover the gamut when they come on. I don't know. But I have a really... Uh, I have a, I have a pretty cool thing to end with. Uh, a thread that I think that would be nice. In the second half of the show. Just to be able to keep up the the energy and all that stuff, and, and, uh, and have something to talk about. Maybe it'll inspire some calls and some super chats. You can super chat at any time, ladies and gentlemen. You can super chat at any time, because I'm right here, quite frankly, superchat.com, and that's when you can throw in whatever thoughts you have and and uh, and support the show a little bit at the same time. I want to thank my sponsor tonight, SecretNatureCBD.com. Every once in a while, you need a vacation. And so does your nervous system. So if you're staying home, you can't get out to a a beautiful beach, give your nervous system a day at the beach. Secret Nature CBD comes in any form you like it. Wonderful, aromatic flower that you can roll yourself in whatever way, grind, roll, pack. There's pre-rolls at secretnaturecbd.com and uh, tinctures and oils and all that stuff. So quite frankly, has a wonderful sponsorship with Secret Nature. You use the, frankly, promo code for 20% off, and everybody's been really enjoying themselves because they stuck around for, it looks like another year is on the book, so there you go. Go to the uh, affiliates page if you want a link, and uh, and have fun, because it's a great, great thing. It doesn't get you high, nothing like that, but it is uh, something that you w- might want to add to your medicine cabinet. Now, I have an announcement to make, or I should say a little bit of an update, because I know tomorrow told you guys we had Alex uh, George Alexopoulos and Razorfist coming on but I had to postpone them and um, I I got in touch with both of them and thankfully they're gracious we'll uh, we'll find another day I want to keep I have to keep this week kind of loose and um, and light and we'll just do things on the fly you and me and of course Rob will probably stop by on Thursday but um, uh, Skip has not is not doing very well right now and today was a very sad and, some, in many ways, um, upsetting, scary kind of a day. And I just don't know. I just don't know what the days ahead, the hours ahead, are going to bring. And I just had to bring that up to everybody, because I know so many of you out, out uh, so many of you out there have been uh, praying. And I just wanted to let you know that's been, that's what's, uh, that's what's going on over here. So anything is anything is possible but he uh his his spirit is very very weak. He's very tired and it's it hasn't been a good day. So just letting you know about that and we'll we'll see about uh George Alexop- uh, Alexopoulos and Razorfist. They will be coming on soon. But um, for this week it's just going to be you and me. Well, tonight it's Cory and Cory and Sean and uh I left them on on the uh, on the hook with me because Well, we, we, we go back a long way and the conversation is effortless but I need a little bit of a lighter load um, until we know what's uh, you know what's happening all right so with that being said we're going into the grab bag because I wanted to just jump right into some stuff and take my mind to other ridiculous places and too bad these aren't com- well some of them is com- some of it's comedic. Uh, the state of New Jersey is pretty comedic to me. Uh, it looks like a flaccid penis, the state of New Jersey. A thick one at that, so good for you, but it's still flaccid, just hanging down like that. Oh, what's that? Hold on. Wait. And boom. There we go. transgender woman. Man. Who impregnated two inmates, moved from New Jersey's female prison. And hopefully into the mental hospital where he always belonged. Um... But this, this, is, uh, this is crazy. The craziest thing is the reporting. Obviously, it's, uh, even female prisons are rough places, male prisons, they're rough places. And then when you add mentally ill people into the mix, there is just, there's just so much going on there. But the reporting on it shows the bigger problem in society at large. Because of course, in this situation, who's more nuts? Is it the man who thinks he's a woman or is it the state of New Jersey and other states in the union saying, of course you are a woman, sir, and puts him into a woman's prison? Who's who's more nuts? They're at least equally nuts. So there you go. The headline should be man gets women pregnant in a prison. And I guess we're all supposed to be shocked. Here's a headline for you. New York Post I bought my husband a sex doll that looks just like me and now we have threesomes uh well I don't I don't know about that first of all once again the sex doll is like a dead body and secondly I think the sex doll actually has a cuter face than the chick and she has four times the breasts so, it doesn't look exactly like her. It's just blonde. And they got her, like, the same kind of a dress. <laughs> because the doll has tits. She doesn't. And, uh, I don't know. They're, they're all messed up. And I started reading a little bit more about this. And the New York Post pretty much gave them promotion for their OnlyFans. Like, what the hell's the New York Post? What are you doing? I understand you pick up some tabloidy situation there. You t- some Some tabloidy kind of stories from time to time. Because it's... You know, it's, it is all those papers are at least part tabloid. But why are you giving them a plug on their OnlyFans? It's weird. So it's free advertisement, I guess. Uh, here's one from resistthemainstream.org. South Carolina dog digs up unexploded ordinance in backyard. Vincent Webb's little dog, Arthur, did what most dogs do and started digging in the backyard near the garden outside after relieving himself on Thursday in North Charleston, South Carolina. Webb noticed that his dog uncovered something very dangerous, an unexploded ordnance. Webb noticed that his dog had uncovered something very dangerous, an unexploded I've read that already. Uh I went over and looked at it, found out that it was a World War 1 artillery shell. What's it doing there? Is that used to be a testing ground? The owner called 911. The North Charleston Police Department, Charleston County Sheriff's Bomb Squad, and the U.S. Air Force Explosive Ordnance Disposal rushed to his house. According to Webb, officials told him the undetonated device still had its bearings inside. While Webb believes the device to be from World War I, officials not have yet confirmed the era. The EOD... Was able to safely remove the uh, undetonated device from the area and took po- uh, possession of it afterwards. All the times I dig out there because I have a garden, I never knew it was there. I could have hit it with my shovel and detonated it. I'm just glad the hero here found it. And that's the uh, the dog. But I need to know a little bit more as to why it could have been there. Maybe a previous owner was just uh, just really loved exploding explosives and went out and bought one. Who knows? Here's a strange story coming from Japan, which is a land, a strange land in in itself. Not that we're any less strange, but the mirror reports this, office installs, an office out there, installs nap boxes so workers can sleep standing up during their shift. There you go. It's like you're getting inside of a capsule. It looks like a, a Tylenol capsule that you get in there to sleep standing up. Don't know how that happens. The bizarre sleep stations are aimed at white-collar employees who are known for logging excruciatingly long hours. Resembling a sleek water heater, the device supports workers' heads, knees, and rears so that they will not fall over. The creation came from two companies hoping to encourage a healthier office culture in Japan. It came after a business-matching event where furniture specialists... Itoki met with plywood supplier Koyoju Gohan. So I wish you can see a, a picture of somebody trying to sleep in this standing up, but of course they don't uh, they don't give you that much because they don't want everybody to start laughing and pointing and giggling. Now, here's the reason why I wanted to talk about the story real quick. Because when I was young, young around 1991, I, don't, I think we went, to, we went to Toronto around 1991 or 1992 for my cousin Jeff's uh, wedding. And the wedding was in Toronto. First time I was ever on a plane, I believe. I believe it was the first time I was ever on a plane. And when we went there, of course, we met up with all of our family who were somewhere driving. They're going up by way of Niagara and all that. And when we all finally got inside of the hotel... And we went just jumping from hotel room to hotel room. Say hello to everybody as they got there. My Uncle Rob was sleeping. Uh, well, he, he and my aunt and a couple of the people, they were in one room. So there was cots and stuff like that. And there was a cot up against the wall, like a mattress up against the wall. They had stood it up against the wall. I'm around first grade or something like that. I go in there and saying hello to everybody. And I ask my Uncle Rob about, Wow. You have a bed against the wall? Like I didn't understand what was going on. And he told me back then, yes, he goes, yes, I, I, I sleep standing up. For years, for years, I thought he was he was being serious. Not that it was normal, but I just didn't know if that was a personal preference of my uncle. For years, I thought that he was being serious. And uh, it was it was only maybe about, I don't know, how many years prior to today that I finally gave myself permission to say, he was fucking with you. Sometimes I'm slow to the table. Sometimes I'm slow. But um, that's the way that all goes. All right, let's go take a break. It's 7.07. When we come back, I want to do at least one story that I feel is pretty important, especially I know that tonight around 8 o'clock, Steve Bannon has his uh, uh, January 6th Broadway production contempt hearing or something. I can't wait to see the highlights of that thing. That, that thing, I will, I will watch it to see how Steve Bannon conducts himself in a setting like that this other shit i won't but there is something related i'd like to talk about and we will do that on the other end of the intro so thank you guys and gals for sticking around please share the show far and wide it is a great relief to be here with you and uh and be bouncing off of you tonight and um and yeah let's get this thing kicked off So we're back. welcome to the show everybody. this is quite frankly. my name is Frank. You might have been you might be new to the show. in that case then please pull up your regular chair, your new chair. You probably don't even have your ass imprinted into it yet. Many of the other people do. Very few of you have actually been watching from uh, the time we started broadcasting 16 some odd years ago. King is probably the closest that gets to it. Aside from some of my personal friends, like uh, like from around here, my childhood friends, I should say. So here we are, joined together for another evening in the year 2022, so many years after the fact. And the internet is abuzz with shows, tons of shows, all different types of shows that you can watch right now. But if you're watching me, thank you. Thank you. I'm happy that you found me. And I hope that you enjoy the other shows after we're done. There's more than enough room for everybody, isn't it? Not live though. There can only be one. Okay. So here's what we have. I want to bring this up and it's, I think it's pretty important. Although the production that has been built up around it is not. The television production is not. I want to ask this question. Are you ready? Here's the, here's the headline from the New York Times. It's from last week. We weren't able to get around to it. A Trump backer's downfall as the target of a January 6th conspiracy theory. Who do you think they're talking about? Of course, it's Mr. Ray Epps. Mr. Ray Epps, the, the man who was barking field commands like it was Braveheart telling everybody that they go in, go in, go in, after they go in. He's there for every phase Every phase of the day, like he's braveheart, Ray Epps became the unwitting face of an attempt by pro-Trump forces to promote the baseless idea that the FBI was behind the attack on the Capitol. I mean there's there's just as much theres there, there's just as much evidence that the Capitol police were uh, were behind the attack on the Capitol too, even AOC said it. But anyway, the interesting thing here, the interesting thing here is the coalescing around a man like Ray Epps because it's a puff piece. It goes throughout the whole thing. Look, look how they oh, how Alan Frewer opens it up in the Rocky Mountains, up a winding country road in a trailer park a half mile from the cattle ranch. live a, lives a man whose life has been ruined by a January 6th conspiracy theory. Never mind the people who have had their lives ruined. By the uh, the theory and the narrative and the entire uh, government apparatus, law enforcement apparatus that has backed it up, coming out. This is just so it, it goes on. Strangers have assailed him as a coward and a traitor. They've menacingly cautioned him to sleep with one eye open, and for what? Like it's all been hell. So they go and this the New York Times puffing him up. Now it's very important, I believe. We've not talked about this a lot. I certainly have not offered any kind of commentary on the broadcasts themselves because it's just not worth it. But it should be very important for everybody to understand what is being built, what this is building towards. You know, why, although we know that the television game, the committee, the whatever, it's a farce. The entire farcical, it's a laughable, very poorly produced show. But what is the need... For especially, what is the need for the New York Times to print this fluff piece about Ray Epps? In fact, what are they getting ready for? Is something else coming down the line? Because this is so recognizable. If he's a, uh, supposedly, according to uh, New York Times, he's just a random protester. He's just a random protester that they want to just to. I don't know, to gather around, circle the wagons, and keep him protected. Why is that? When everybody else that showed up, whether they walked into the building that day or not, have been categorized as an example, a prime example of what's wrong with the world and the country at large. So why Ray Epps? Now, I'm telling you, the way that the media has coalesced around Ray Epps and has formed this protective bubble around him is exactly the way that they coalesced around the image and likeness of Seth Rich and made him, of course, the subject of a baseless conspiracy theory. Now, obviously, Ray Epps and Seth Rich are two different types of historical figures because they were both working to the exact opposite ends of each other. Uh, But when it comes to pattern recognition, namely the patterns that you see in the media, notice the media patterns. All right. Uh, Michael Izakoff of Yahoo and his obsessive reporting about Seth Rich. He was probably like, the, I don't know who assigned him the role of gate, gatekeeper for the entire Rich case. But uh, Michael Izikoff, that's a guy to, all of his work, you should study that and compare it to what's going on now with Ray Epps. Now, I haven't had a, t- a chance or, or uh, I would say a will to watch any of this stuff on television. Um, and whereas it's necessary to mock it, which we do, we should never minimize why this is being done, what is being crafted before us. I was listening to this interview that Darren Beatty from Revolver, He's really he and Julie Kelly have been like the, the top two voices and investigative uh, journalists out there who have been crafting everything you need to know about what was really going on over there and all the real unanswered questions in January of 2021. But I was listening to Darren Beatty And he said something really profound During an interview recently And he said, he went all the way back to 9-11 He says, you have to understand why this is so important He said that 9-11 Provided an opportunity For creating new weapons Inside of this so-called National security state New weapons, new capabilities Inside of our so-called National security state And with that you know, Obviously, most of those weapons were pointed outward at the world, but also we were groomed here at home to accept things like the molestation that we encounter by the TSA at the airport and the limitless data collection as something that's going to keep us safe from Al-Qaeda. But like we said before, the greatest impact they had on the rest of the world was we made a mess of entire countries, of ancient cultures, thousands of miles away. But what was created, as Darren Beatty was getting there, what was created after 9-11 is now being repurposed by the J-6 creatures to target anybody who walks in any kind of circle that that can be considered running parallel to Donald Trump in any way, shape, or form. To run parallel to anything that Donald Trump may have ever endorsed. Okay, that means anyone even moderately in favor of liberty on an individual basis or anything like that. They are making sure that you are you, me, and everybody else. They are impossibly, impossibly linked, tied, inexorably tied to some sort of terrorist mentality. That's what's so important about it. Yes, the television production is for the birds. Which is, uh, I mean, terrorist mentality, which is what Ray Epps would be if he wasn't being protected by fed handlers, no? I mean, the guy, the, 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 I mean, to, to, to call him, for example, just here at the beginning, winding country road in a trailer park half a mile from Cattle Ranch, lives a man whose life has been ruined by a January 6th conspiracy theory. Now, if that was anybody else besides Ray Epps, they would be con- characterized as some despicable domestic terrorist cuz anybody who showed up there you got labeled that anybody who was just there for the speeches if they posted a picture of themselves anywhere near washington dc that day they were put on no fly list they were fired from their jobs they were they were turned into pariahs wherever they lived something must be coming out about this fuck something must be coming on uh, coming out about a uh, uh, from this, this glowy fuck. It has to be coming. It must be. Why the hell else would they do this? And the pattern is so Seth Rich it's unreal. But of course the opposite direction. Now here's a little something from Politico I thought was interesting too. Goes hand in hand. If you just want to see how this is all uh, being stacked against us. Headline from Politico. Homeland security records show shocking use of phone data the ACLU says. Oh, really? Oh, really? I wonder what the... A- now, 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 ACLU is probably more so upset that the data was collected from Antifa or something like that, but still, let's see where this goes. Uh, the Trump administration's immigration enforcers use mobile location data to track people's movements on a larger scale than previously now. Oh, so we're talking about Donald Trump's administration who somehow and in some way were tracking immigration... Immigration, which we all know is non-citizens, foreign nationals who should not be here. So this is a big scandal. Trump administration's immigration enforcers use mobile location data to track people's movements on a large scale, and that is horrible. Oh, that's just terrible. How terrible it is! We all know that the the humane thing to do is to allow tens of millions of people inside of your country, and then completely lose track of them altogether. Yes, yes, we we understand that. Now, like I said before, it's the ACL use. So they're not really in, in uh, they don't ha- they don't care about anything that that is worthy of um, of paying attention to. It's always the opposite of what our interests should be. But do you remember going back to January six again? Jake Tapper on CNN in the days after January six, using a real time it was it was a, a real time video compilation. On screen, it was a blacked-out screen where you see the uh, pretty much the, the the plot of the entire Capitol building, the ellipse, and all that stuff. And you actually could see the street map from where everybody was gathering. The nearly one million people that was in that were in uh, D.C. that day to listen to all the speeches. Nearly one million people, and you can see. A blacked-out street map with all of these little green dots on there, and they're moving in swarms. What was that? What was that that Jake Tapper showed us all in real time on on CNN that day? He was using a real-time swarm of cell phone user movement okay, to actually track the the movement from the speeches to the Capitol. Just to show, yeah, they had to add, add a new aspect to the reporting over there, so you can see. As if nobody believed that people use their legs to walk from the speeches to the Capitol. I don't know, what, they were, what were they doing? Blinking out of existence, then blinking the- Of course they're gonna fucking walk. But they just wanted to let you know. They wanted to let you- They wanted to show that there's a real good reason why we have data collection. Big swarm of data collected without a warrant. Okay, and, and I would say 99.9% Of those people are citizens But that's just fine Because J6 equals new Al-Qaeda That's just fine But when Greg Phillips uses data To show how Democrats Stuff ballot boxes It's, it's bunk It's voter intimidation It's a 4th amendment violation And God forbid if you try to keep tabs On foreign nationals who should not be here God forbid So this is what it is this is what it is. It's about getting people used to turning the infrastructure and the programs that they made after 9/11 inward on us. So we can mock all we'd like, and mockery is totally necessary. But um, but don't don't um, don't completely dismiss it out of hand. There's a war going on here. There really is. That's why when I I put out the, you know, I was talking a little bit about that. That new COVID strain that they said is, is the worst one yet. And of course, it's showing up just in time for the end of summer, into fall. Um, people are already saying, get the masks back on, get the masks back. I saw one idiot say, mask up, kids. Phil Lesh got COVID. 82-year-old Grateful Dead Phil Lesh got COVID. That's right. Put your mask back on. 82-year-old man had a low-grade fever and chest, conge- chest congestion. So they're already starting with that stuff. And people say, well, you know, just turn it off and don't listen to but I say, yes, absolutely. But remember, even during what they said was the most deadly of all of the uh, variants, the Delta variant, even during then, they weren't saying this is the... They were saying the big one's still coming. Now, we know that they're propagandists. We know that they'll do anything to make sure that control over everything they've built over the years stays in only their hands or friendly hands. You know, friendly hands like Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, Mitch McConnell, people like that, where there's an acceptable amount of differentiation for the public, so they believe the whole WWE bullshit that's going on here. But, um, but this is just really what it is. You never discount completely what they're telling you, because yes, there's there's nothing there's nothing about them that's not detestable, but they often. Want to be right about their prophecies They often put their prophecies out there for a reason So you don't know when You don't know where But it's good Just good to keep track on them And understand what kind of animals we're dealing with Oh boy oh boy So With that being said That being said I am going to bounce on into our Our little uh Our little call over here on Zoom, I see one friend is already with us. Corey, are you there? I'm here. How are you? Oh, it's so great to hear your voice again, Corey Lynn.
0: I know. It's been a while. It I has miss been. You guys. I
1: know. I know. And, you know, but I, I really, I got to say, I really do appreciate when you, me, and Sean get together. I don't know when this little tradition of ours started, but I love it.
0: Yeah, it's good times. And it- I get to catch up on all kinds of stuff because you guys know so many things that... I don't have time to pay attention to because I'm usually deep in research. So,
1: Well, before Sean shows up, let's talk a little bit about your research because I know that you've been co- concentrating a little bit more on food, a little bit more on climate these days, and of course, these are very cyclical topics. I think, mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting that although it looked like he was about to get BTFO'd by North Dakota, uh, a Bill Gates-affiliated... Uh, land buy of twenty one hundred acres of North Dakota farmland was eventually pushed through and approved. How, how's that for uh, luck?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've actually been doing some. I haven't, I haven't reported on it yet, but I've been slowly gathering some data points on that and looking into some of his farmland and what's going on. I'm more interested in. What his interest is in potatoes, to be honest with you. Potatoes There's in particular?
1: What's that? Potatoes in particular?
0: Potatoes in particular. Huh. Yeah. I was looking through his... Uh... Yeah, well, he bought the the biggest one out in uh, Washington. What's it called? Uh, is it Hundred Circles? Is that what it is? I don't know. Uh, that's, that's the biggest potato farm in the U.S. And this one... Uh, that he recently, the land, you know, it's it's being leased back to uh, what was it? I think it was Campbell Farms is the one you're talking about, North mm-hmm. Dakota. Yeah, that's also potatoes. Um, so, I was looking back through his uh, grant money and uh, through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and I can't even remember what years off the top of my head, but there's a internet i think it's called international potato center where he has put 93 million dollars into it
1: (laughs) into potatoes what is it is is potatoes like the best way to deliver uh, food food food-based vaccines or something
0: well so that's where my brain went so when i was doing my other report on the um the takeover of the food industry and the vertical farms and everything. And I was looking into, I think everyone, probably all your listeners are familiar with the, <clears throat> excuse me, out in California. Um, gosh, which one is it? That's doing the testing on the lettuce for edible vaccines, as though this is something new, but they actually started testing on it years ago and potatoes happened to be the first one they were testing on.
2: Oh, well,
0: yeah. So those are my little connections I'm playing around with right now <laughs> while digging up all of his um, interesting little companies that he has.
1: No, it's, 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 that's just incredible stuff. It really is. I, I was really excited at first. See, I thought that North Dakota was really just going to put their foot down and say, stay the hell away from us. And then right. when I saw that they, it went through, that the sale went through, I said, wow, 2,100 acres. Well, Corey, what I would do for an acre of my own.
0: Right. I, <laughs> I have hear a. I you. have a, ba- in a little
1: townhome. <laughs> you see, I have a backyard made of asphalt. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, it's still, it's still, it's still fun to sit in, but man, I, I cannot grow a tomato if my life depended on it.
0: I hear ya. Oh, Sean's coming in. Yay!
1: Hey, Sean, you there? Yeah. Hey, Frank. How are you? What's going on? You're on with me and Corey. I, we were just talking about uh, we were talking about all of her work with food, and the first thing we said <laughs> was uh, the first thing we were commiserating about was this once stalled and now approved sale of 2,100 acres in North Dakota to Bill Gates. And um, and Corey was talking about how in particular he's very interested in potato farming.
2: Hmm, potato, GMO potatoes, I would imagine. Something. I'm sure. Or soon to be gene
0: edited, you know, and vaccine filled. Hard to say. How you doing, Sean?
2: Good, Corey. How's it going? (laughs) It's going good. Are you enjoying the apocalypse?
0: I'm, you know, the zombie apocalypse is, is never a dull moment
2: it's the great awakening, you know. That's what the apocalypse is. <laughs> That's what it is.
1: Well, let me ask you this. Um we'll talk about an awakening and a uh it's, since it's all kind of it's all kind of related with the food stuff, what do you guys think? I don't care who starts with it. Glyphosate. 80% of Americans have, have glyphosate in their urine samples. Wow, we, huh?
0: Yeah, I saw that. Sean's probably done some kind of reporting on that. I haven't, but I
2: know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, I've interviewed people who have shared that information. It's in our blood, Yeah, it's in the bloodstream of pretty much every living human being on the planet. Uh, The same is probably true of the animals, but, you know, I was thinking about this before I hopped on and, uh, you know, it just has to occur to any of us who are awake how beautiful and resilient God's creation is, human DNA. Because these people have been trying to corrupt us at every turn in every way for decades. I mean, vaccines for children just being one of the vector points. But yes, GMO foods, fluoride in the water, chemtrails in the skies. I mean, it just goes on and on. A polluted food supply, corporate farming.
0: Frequencies Um, everywhere.
2: Yeah, bovine growth hormone. See, now here's how I know we can win. Remember BGH in the milk, bovine growth hormone in the milk, it was owned by Monsanto, and eventually a tipping point was reached where enough mothers had gotten informed and outraged that there was a strong movement around the country and eventually around the world to no longer purchase bovine BGH milk, and that movement swept the globe so quickly that it did not take long before Monsanto's BGH, BGH product was worthless. And there is no longer BGH in the milk. So I think the same tipping point is being reached in many ways regarding not only childhood vaccines, but the masqueraded vaccine, the mRNA bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, Corey, did you have anything to add to that before I jumped in?
0: No, I think he's right on point there. And, yeah, it is. It's incredible how resilient we are.
1: I was going to say it also goes back to that old point about the cancer industry at large, I mean, we have fundraisers, we have walkathons, we have these new surgical technology that comes out every year, radiation, drugs, um, uh, you know, but what we, God knows what we would be able to cure and or prevent by just taking the quality of food seriously, and that has been so evasive, uh, of, like you said, Sean, it just takes a lot of outraged mothers usually to make that get, get uh, pushed through.
2: Yeah, I just... Oh, go ahead, Corey. I just wanted to make the point that I feel like this great, that's what we, right, there's only two outcomes at this point. We, we've talked about this before. The Great Awakening or the Great Reset. And these people have pushed all in. And look, a lot of their minions are dropping like flies. You guys probably saw that Greg Reese report. Boris Johnson resigned. Italy's PM Mario Draghi is resigning. The Estonian PM has resigned. Uh, Sri Lanka's president emailed his res- resignation upon fleeing the country. Uh, and then of course Japan's Abe was assassinated but those previous four people were all Zelensky Ukraine supporters all in the pocket of big daddy global government and the globalists the Rothschilds. Hmm. So yeah.
1: there's big stuff happening here. Oh it's life. been huge. It's been huge. And I know So, so- who's going
0: to be replacing them though? That's always my first question. <laughs> well
2: and I wanted to get your guys' yeah. opinion on that because in that Gregory's report, he quoted uh, Catherine Austin Fitz who in an interview said, Mr. Global wants meaner people in charge. So this is Mr. Global's move to put in meaner people. And then Gregory cited a recent uh, visit to the White House by Gavin Newsom. And I thought Gavin Newsom is the ultimate soy boy. Gavin Newsom is not a threat to my republic. Gavin Newsom is a joke. So I don't know where they're going to find these meaner people because the only way meaner people in the pocket of Mr. Global can get away with this anti-human plan, this tyrannical rollout, the only way is by unleashing the military on the people. That's the only way they could get away with it here. I'm convinced of it.
1: Yeah, I you know, I don't know what you guys think about this, but even when they were try when it was obvious that uh that Andrew Cuomo was going to get ousted over here in New York, I said to myself, I mean, he was obviously a, a a dingbat and I but I just knew it's like there's something else going on here because you wanted to get out you want to push him out of office because he did a little nipple twisting in the office, but he killed 15,000 people. Uh, you know, uh, I said, what the hell, what is this transition really all about? Then, of course, we met uh, the beaver lady, Kathy Hochul, who will do literally anything. She is, I mean, she has, it's just incredible. So I i, I trust, uh, I believe what you're saying there, Sean, I, I, or what Catherine Austin Fitz was saying. I think that it's just about a matter of bringing in even more ruthless people to do what even the last Jokers probably would have a little bit of a uh, pang of conscience doing. Corey, do you think well, and, that's possible? Who, who could they get
2: to carry this out when people are waking up in droves?
0: Uh, well, I also think it's important that they they do a changeover because people get worn down of the same people and they and they start resisting them and, and rising up. And so now let's get rid of that target and let's bring in a whole new one, a fresh one, you know, a meaner one. I don't know, but I see what you're saying, Sean. I, I, <clears throat> I agree. I mean – People are rising up, and we're seeing it in multiple countries right now, and and we're talk about tipping points. I mean, my God, looking at what's been going on in the Netherlands and Sri Lanka, and, and now Germany rationing their water and energy supply. And, yeah.
1: So Well, you, you saw Fran- France fl- uh, came out, said on uh, Friday, Macron came out on Friday and told everybody that um, they're going to have to start turning off the lights at night which is going to be great for the gangs that are roving around Paris right now. <laughs> but not only that, he, they actually had the nerve to coin a phrase I never heard before, and that is we need to start practicing energy sobriety. Did you see that? No. Energy sobriety. And I, of course, I, I guess that's going to go hand in hand with all of, the, all of the climate change bullshit, which I'm sure, you know, Corey, I know you've been doing a lot of work on that, so I'd love to hear it. But, uh, yeah, the climate change. That's, that's uh, another thing. They're, they're even using excessive heat now as a reason for why people are having blood clots and dying. So it's a- um
0: oh, Climate change is the ultimate excuse fallback cover story for every single one of their 17 sustainable goal agendas. They're using it for food, for the, our energy supply, for need, the need to build infrastructure. For I mean anything and everything you can think of, they're using climate change as the scapegoat in order to carry this out. It's it's unbelievable. Mm.
2: Yeah. They've been like, doing it
0: for you know a long time, but now it seems like it's all coming to a head, and they're just they're just rolling it all out.
1: Go ahead, John.
2: It just seems like they've gone all in, right? Like I said before, and uh, they might think they're holding a royal flush, but they're going to find the anger of the people is very, very real. I mean, Romanian people, Romanian military, Ceausescu real. Uh, I mean, this stuff can turn on a dime when you push people into a corner. And look at the uh, farmers in Netherlands. You know, I read today, when when you begin to realize that they're coming after your job and they're coming after your food, You realize that you are in a war, right? And that's what people in Germany are soon going to realize as Gazprom, it was announced today, will halt gas flows to Germany indefinitely. And on the back of that, Deutsche Bank is essentially modeling Germans having to chop wood to stay warm this winter. So do you think this Green New Deal, this climate change BS, is going to serve these satanic Luciferian elite? very well, or is it going to wake people up in droves? So that's why I think they're going all in. I mean, if they forced German people to not have energy in the winter, and say they tried something like that in the northern states of the United States, how quickly would they either conquer us or lose the war when we wake up? Mm. It's only one of two things that can happen because, you know, like that article I read today, farmers in the Netherlands are learning that they are in a war. War is being waged against them.
0: Yeah, well, and over here, you know, so the, the Green New Deal. So on one good level, Congress hasn't uh, passed this. Uh, yeah, but however, the states, you know, California is trying to set an example, set the standards for the nation. And so on a local level, you've got everything from cities trying to implement stuff. You've got subsidies going out. You've got them funding the auto industry to push for the electric vehicles. You've got um, pilot programs being rolled out like the infrastructure bill. They had seven and a half billion just for uh, putting up the electric charging stations because, you know, where are we getting our electricity from there? It's such a joke. And then they had another seven and a half billion going towards creating electric uh, ferries, buses, electrifying ports. Uh, they did not state in there. They're running studies right now on programs uh, so that they have the data points for new energy sources or moving into a uh, electric vehicle by 2030. You know, they talk about that, we hear that all the time, but Congress technically has not passed any of those laws. Meantime, we got the EPA pointing to Biden's executive orders saying that they're going to start, you know, putting some more emissions restrictions in place because we need to move to electric vehicles, and I don't think that's going to fly. The Supreme
2: Court just shot them down.
0: I know. The Supreme
2: Court just ruled in the favor of we the people uh, for the several, uh, several times, that's not a word. (laughs) Several To my shock, to my chagrin, several times they ruled in our favor recently.
0: Right, right, right. That's that's what my whole report was originally based on. And then I started digging into everything else and seeing what's happening on a state level. So yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think that they're going to uh, be able to get away with this as far as the uh, you know the electric vehicles go because essentially that's no different than what the Supreme Court just ruled on with the whole uh, energy shifting. It, it's like creating, their, the EPA has no authority to create an entirely new industry or to lower emissions to the point where they put everyone out of business and force them into this new industry. But then you look at Newsom and you look at the waivers they're getting on being able to lower emissions and they're trying to force it. And you got the automotive industries jumping behind him because of course they're getting getting thrown millions of dollars to do this. And so then that creates an impact on other states and starts altering regulations. And so my point is people need to get with their local legislators and start paying attention to what's happening because there's pilot programs and subsidies and grants going out all over the place to keep moving this agenda forward. But but honestly, they have no way... We already know we cannot exist on solar and wind and natural gas. We, the, the whole argument against fossil fuels, it's not even an argument because they don't even show the other side. All they talk about is how we're, the planet's going to die. We're all going to die global warming, which has been the 100-year-long hoax. Mm-hmm. So if they can't prove this data... And Congress can't pass anything to, you know, won't won't pass anything to move it forward. That's that's going to be really tricky for them. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see what shakes out with uh, November. See, like I no, like Sean
1: you... like Sean was saying, and, and to your point, Corey, like Sean was saying before about, uh, you know, what is this really all going to come down to? Is it going to be the military that's going to have to do something? Uh, Europe, I don't know. The European Union, you think that some of those nation states would find the ball. But you don't know want to think debt is the great slave, the, the slave maker. Mm-hmm. All of those European states... They're, they're feeding from the same trough. Yes, they have their, their local customs and they have their histories and all that stuff. But just like the United States, it's very hard to function as a republic when every last state is really just you know addicted to the methadone drip of government block grants that should not have been issued from the get-go because it creates this kind of lock here. But between the Supreme Court, between state Supreme Courts, between people on local levels just being a little bit more. Um, comfortable with saying no we're doing it our own way I really do believe that the United States is going to pose a much bigger problem for end game uh, for the end game that they're they're trying to roll out here and uh, I, I don't know yeah. if that means dropping a bomb into uh, the super volcano in Yellowstone or I don't know what the hell is going to mean but it's not, it's not going to be done it's not going to be done uh, politically I don't think
2: well you can't I wouldn't put anything past these people, because now they're fear-mongering with that new PSA about a nuke going off in New York. I know. It's absurd. And, uh, I haven't I pl- heard I played, this one. Having, I played that in a uh, interview the other day, just the first 15 seconds, and the gal who's on green screen, um, supposedly in this you know bombed out part of the city or whatever, says, don't ask me how or why, but a nuclear weapon has just gone off. And I paused it right there, and I'm like, oh, of course. We don't want to know how or why. because." That's not important. It's just that we should be scared now because nukes are going off in New York City and uh, they'll all be blamed on Putin. So now we're going to go to a thermonuclear war with Russia. I mean, I wouldn't put anything past these people. And the very real thing that's also on the table, which I don't see anybody problem solving, is California's uh, farmland and the entire American West Mm -hmm. turning into a dust bowl. Well lake mead goes dry and the colorado river goes dry because engineering not climate change because right. engineering geoengineering
1: hey uh, uh sean have you ever have, ever had jim lee on your show no,
2: I've had uh, Dane Wigington on, and I have to say that uh, for anybody who doesn't want to be able to sleep at night and will wake up feeling extremely depressed, <laughs> listen to Dane Wigington's weekly update. Oh, oh, oh,
1: Jim Lee will, will depress the shit out of you. You should try him too.
2: It's scary stuff, man. I, I just I have to see our cup is half full, or I
1: will not be able to get out of bed. Yeah, no, Oh no, Well, that's that's yeah, I've heard I've heard Wigington on your show before for sure. Um, you know what? Hold on. L- let me know if you guys. Can hear this uh, as far as the audio goes because I'll just play a little bit of the PSA. Hold on, do you hear this? So there's been a nuclear attack. Yes. You hear that perfectly? Okay, great. Um, I don't know if you're gonna be able you're not not gonna be able to see it, Corey, but I'll put it. Just listen to the uh, the audio, and I'm gonna put it up on. Whoops, and I'm gonna put it up on screen for everybody again. All right, listen to this. This is New York City Emergency Management.
0: So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why, just know that the big
2: one has hit, okay? So what do we do? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. Step one, get inside
1: fast. (laughs) You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Step two stay inside so, so so far it's covid get inside stay inside
2: yeah 100 and by the <laughs> way when i had david weiss on i think that's who i played the clip for and david made a really good point he's like what's to stop them from setting off some sort of explosive de- device calling it a suitcase nuke whatever and then and uh, mimicking radiation sickness by cranking up uh, the 5g that's
0: right dude yeah. and then
2: killing as many
1: people as they want with 5g uh, well, wait, you, so, wait, wait, Corey. She, she hasn't heard this. She, she has to he, she hear number three. There's only no,
0: Wait, wait, wait. That, so that's that commercial we're talking about, right? Yeah. What right. you just played?
1: Right.
2: Don't ask me
0: yeah, how or why. I have seen why, that. She says. Oh, you
1: Don't have? Don't ask me how or why. Okay, so then... Yeah,
0: I have seen that. I thought you guys were referring to something else. I thought something else happened after that.
1: Oh, okay. So then you know that step three, of course, is listen to the media.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get inside, yeah.
1: stay inside, keep CNN on. Right. So,
0: right and just just what you just mentioned uh the tactic you just mentioned Sean people's minds alone w- would make them sick thinking that they have radiation yeah. i mean without even the need for 5g yeah.
1: you know yeah yeah i mean yeah. what th- you think about what they've what they have uh done so far it's really i mean who who knows who has ever really been able to uh live through a a nuclear attack or something like that. He said, "Oh, l- listen, I had the radiation poisoning bad back in 1945. I know what it's like. Nobody knows what that's like. You can just you can say anything. <laughs> right. You can say anything is radiation poisoning."
2: Right. Well, you guys, I can only conclude, and I haven't jotted these notes down, so let me see if I can formulate a thought here. But I, I can only <laughs> conclude that if you are Mister Global, which is what Catherine Austin Fitz likes to call these people if you are the Luciferian people that control the planet and you realize that people are waking up, like Helen What's-Her-Face said at the World Economic Forum with Bill Gates sitting right next to her, she said, the window's rapidly closing for us to make our societal changes and usher in the Great Reset. I'm paraphrasing, (laughs) but that's basically what she said. And if you realize that people are waking up to your crimes against humanity, that include everything from the mRNA bioweapon to the engineered drought to the engineered collapse of our food supply chain, to the engineered collapse of the economy, and people are pointing the finger at you, you must conclude that these people feel cornered if they're now saying, well, maybe we should start to fearmonger about nukes. I mean, do you see what I mean? The only way they can get away with all of this is if we don't know who they are. But now we do know who they are, and I'm really anxious for the arrests the start. I'm really anxious for the military. You know, I mentioned what happened in Romania to yep. For yep. people who don't know, look it up. The guy thought he was still in charge the day he was shot by the military.
0: Mm. You well, know,
2: that's what I'm saying here. These people have gone all in, so we're going to get their Great Reset or the Great Awakening and then we win.
1: It's well, one or the other. The, I don't and see the, how the, we
2: make peace and end up in the middle.
1: And the best thing about the whole thing there, Sean, and Corey, for that matter, when we were talking about this before, is Who on the world, the earth is getting smaller and smaller. Who? When everybody, every major nation, I mean, the only one that we don't talk about is, you know, you can't speak about is uh, North Korea. But, I mean, that is just so pointless. There's just nothing going on with it. all of the wind in the the North Korean sails is out. They're trying to redouble they're trying to double down with the the cold War stuff with with Russia. But anybody who's been paying attention even poorly can see what's been going on, what's been brewing out there with NATO and Russia for years. and um, and when everybody else in the world, and and I'm talking NGOs and the big companies because you know, these transnational corporations—they're bigger than countries anyway. Especially when it comes to when it comes to GDP and and uh, political clout and all that stuff—they're all part of the same unions. They're all part of the same committees. The G7, Davos—they're all going. To, who is left? I'm like this is why at this point I'm really I'm really shocked that they have not played the alien card yet. Because who's left?
2: <laughs> right, right. It's probably coming. <laughs>
0: no, but you know what?
2: Operation Bluebeam.
0: <laughs> you know what, the WEF just put out World Economic Forum on July 12th. This is a good one. So so they're moving into, here's the headline, what do sanctions mean for the future of decentralized finance? So now they're using the Russia invasion of Ukraine has led to unprecedented financial sanctions from countries around the world decentralized finance has been heavily criticized for its role in potentially enabling russia to undermine sanctions so it goes on and on and they get into crypto and they get into blockchain and how we need to centralize this and have more control for the safety of everyone and they say the second is the potential for a cbdc to optimize the process of freezing rogue state assets since the issuer retains control over the currency at all times in this sense were reserves held by the russian central bank denominated in cbdc u.s dollars the u.s federal reserve could freeze those assets and technically prevent them from being spent this means that access to cbdc networks is controlled making the process of sanctioning a rogue actor both faster and wider reaching and they they go on to talk about how the same technology can also play a central role in the post-conflict rebuilding process. When recovery begins, there will be need there w- there will need to be transfers to citizens to aid in rebuilding, and CBDCs would be a way to do this in a targeted and f- efficient way. Oh. So we're now using the sanctions and the, and the war to why we need to shift into central control and change the framework of blockchain technology so that they can rule over us with, you know, CBDCs and call us domestic terrorists and sanction individuals. That's what I'm saying.
1: They're going to be sanctioning individuals. That's that's the real... Yeah. yeah. Now, they, they'll, they'll sanction the, the Patriot Front. They'll sanction all the J6ers. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Oh, wow. And then they're going to use it to rebuild. That's funny. Rebuilding. Right. Well,
2: that is their other card. I mean, that's the other big card they have to play is that they own everything, right? They own essentially what? The Bank for International Settlements sits at the top, and below below that you have the World Bank and the IMF, and then below that you have the Federal Reserve and all the other central banks on the planet. So they control all of those. And well, theoretically they do. Some of the intel coming from Ben Fulford would suggest otherwise. Ben Fulford shares some good news and some cup half full stuff, which I like listening to him for, but uh, I'm not sure how much of it is true. But uh, assuming they still own that entire economic apparatus, the other card that they could play is their totalitarian economic lockdown card, which is, oh, maybe on the back of these nukes that have gone off in cities. Now there has been a total economic collapse that would shut down everything. So now they're going to usher in their CBDC and everybody gets a thousand dollars in their account in the new currency. And that's it. Now you're a slave on the new plantation that they just rolled out. And we will be subject to the chinese social credit score system with no escape and the we'll only buy your escape, it, well the only escape i could see in the event of that is states literal rebellions by states like florida like texas etc introducing their own currencies via their own state treasuries that would be the only out
1: well uh you know to, to add on to that again and corey was doing some work on she said she's been doing a lot of work with the the climate and all that, and then this is—we're talking about financing. We're talking about the way of the world, um, global taxes. It's all part of the same thing. What's going to be the collection mechanism for these global taxes to do to turn down the thermostat for the planet? Well, here's one. John Kerry says it's time to go into overdrive and accelerate the transition to green energy. Now we know that there are multi-trillion dollar price tags put on all of the um, the things that have been proposed for the climate as it is. And here we are in this weakened state, and he's going on and saying that no country can solve this problem. We all have to reduce emissions. We have to accelerate the transition. And uh, no, no, uh, what does he, he say? He said the environment and the climate don't suddenly stop because of an invasion. Of course, it's all because of Russia. All of our problems are just because of Russia. all of the thing, all the pain that we are finally feeling, because there is no amount of quantitative easing that can make us uh, to, that can dull the pain of what we've been doing for the last 120 years. Is um, it's all about Russia now, but they still don't care. They still don't care. They they have to accelerate. They have to accelerate. Like Prince Charles said that they have to, they have to um, militarize their approach to the climate, and they actually need a Marshall Plan kind of approach to the climate to rebuild the world. Now, where are you going to get that? I would have to imagine the, uh, the digital dollars are going to be a, a, a big part of that because this, this paper one isn't doing much these days.
2: Well, keep, they're both skull and bones by the way George Bush and John Kerry I just want to remind you guys of that was yeah. that Yale mm-hmm. they both went to Yale so yep. look at follow the bloodlines John Kerry is the biggest trader next well look you got traders on the right like Liz Cheney and John Kerry well John, is John Kerry a Democrat actually yes. yeah he is uh, Liz Cheney and well there's other traders on the right like McCain when he was around um, sorry I'm babbling here but uh, John Kerry's a bonesman just like George Bush you know. The point is, I don't think DeSantis in Florida is a bonesman.
0: Right. I have a question for you guys, Mm -hmm. just along the lines of what we're talking about here. So I haven't had time to look at this yet. Did you see uh, that Schiff just filed an amendment to NDAA that would conceal any info collected by the U.S. military for use in congressional investigations or court proceedings?
1: Yeah. No, I didn't see that. Tucker was reporting about that.
2: What's that? Tucker Carlson was reporting about that. I uh, Yeah, no, that guy, look, if there's a red wave in November, there are serious traitors who have committed serious hardcore crimes that need to be brought to justice in this garbage that they've tried to push on the Republicans with this Jan 6th nonsense needs to be turned back on them for their real crimes including hunter biden's laptop and the quid pro quo with ukraine and the crimes of joe biden himself the entire biden crime family the clinton crime family that's the only way we get our republic back i'm sick and tired too of people calling it a democracy even trump did that yeah We're fighting for our democracy it's not a democracy stop saying that
1: yeah i know i know it's a it's the little things at this point everything gets me irritated so what do you want from me i I can't stand it. I can't stand anything anymore. Sometimes I get pissed off when people keep calling it a republic because it's just not even that. It, it's it's the farthest thing from that, too. It's like I know it, it's supposed to be one. That's what we... The charter is for a republic. But, um, oh, holy, holy hell. Hey, you know what, Sean, let me ask you this. This would be fun for me and, and Corey. I have not listened to your entire David Weiss uh episode yet on mm-hmm. about the about nasa and the, the james webb telescope oh, mm-hmm. give us a nutshell there what's uh, what's going on with that
2: Well, you know what? That's every time I bring Dave on, I tell him I'm going to lose subscribers and I'm going to take heat, but I don't care because I love you. I think you're a fun guy, a great guy, and uh, I respect. Here's the thing: the point I made in that too, because he always brings up uh, the nature of the Earth, which he believes is not uh, heliocentric, and the nature of the universe, which is fine with me. Let's have that conversation. But um, I like that topic because it saved him. He was an atheist. I told him during that conversation, I had somebody very close to me in my immediate family uh, who was saved by that topic as well. That person in my family found God and believes now in Jesus Christ and the biblical nature of this thing we live on because of that topic. So I don't begrudge that topic, and I'm happy to talk about it because I think all roads lead to spirituality these days because there's spiritual war clearly at play in this world. But as it pertains to that specific reason for having him on, I wanted to talk about the James Hubble Telescope, and the gist of it is this. If you believe the organization known as NASA put men on the moon in 68, 69, 70, 71, fine with me. But they say they lost that technology, they destroyed it, and it's a painful process to build it back. They say they lost the telemetry data. Gene Kranz himself, who uh, was played by Hollywood actor Ed Harris in that movie, that Ron Howard Apollo movie, mm-hmm. that's Gene Kranz, right? That guy, played by Harris. Gene Kranz, go find it on YouTube, says, we lost the telemetry data. Can't We don't know where it is. We can't prove we win. They've destroyed everything. But if you guys, if people listening believe that they sent men to the moon, fine. Here's what they did with the James Hubble telescope. They announced this thing 20 years ago. It James Webb. More than James 10, Webb. 10, 10, what is it? You, oh, James Webb. Webb. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> to replace the Hubble telescope. Uh, they said it would cost $500 million. They delivered more than 10 years late at a cost of 10 billion dollars of course. that's what nasa is that's what nasa is oh what are we it is wonder. a
1: funnel for theft if i can just say a fraction if i can get a fraction of one percent of that grift oh my gosh <laughs> what could we do with that first of all first of all i would i would be able to uh, to build one uh, an acceptable garden on the on the, the roof of my garage and maybe have some lettuce
2: <laughs> well you know what i put in my description of the video i said all right guys so basically this thing cost $10 billion. They said it would cost $500 million. Now, this only works in government because if you signed a contract with a housing contractor who said he was going to build you a 3,500 square foot home for $500,000, and it went on and on and on for 10 years, and the final cost came in at $10 million, <laughs> that only works in government. Billion,
1: yeah.
0: yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, my question every is,
0: single arm of government.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, here's a question I have. Uh, I, I guess we would. I have to talk to one of my my flat earther friends out there. They call in from time to time. But my question is this: If you found Jesus by finding flat Earth, what happens if I don't know? We, you know, everybody gets a chance to go up there one day, commercial flight into the outer atmosphere, and you could actually circumnavigate the globe, and you realize, oh, oh, shit. This is, maybe it's not a perfect sphere, maybe it's more oval, but it's not flat. What if you realize it's not flat one day? What if it's confirmed in a way that's satisfying? Do you do you still have your faith?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that's a big what if, and what uh, David Weiss and these other guys say is, just show us. Instead of modeling what it looks like- I'm down with computer-animated models of what the Earth looks like, looks like that they literally have at nasa they have these photoshop guys that it's all it's i don't know look i i told these guys early on when i had on crow and david weiss it's the first time i ever broached the topic after listening to them and doing my own research over time i coined the term for myself globe as we're told skeptic because i don't believe anything coming from nasa and i certainly personally do not believe based on the research i've done that their fixed copernicus 24,900 round mile math that's what they say the earth is 24,900 miles around they're tied to that that's their math it's not my math and you know just by observable modern day electronic distances that can be measured That math does not stand up to scrutiny. That's all I'm saying. Beyond that, I don't know what this thing is we live on.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. there's too much. There's too much. There's too much to figure out. Too much locally. I can't. That's why I said I don't care if the, the earth is a trapezoid. I just don't give a shit at this point. Well, go
2: look at this. This is this is the thing I like because I don't. This is not my topic, guys. This is not you. I'm the 9/11 guy. I'm World Trade Center 7. I'm vaccines are dangerous for your kids. I'm the vaccines are causing autism guy. I am not the flat Earth guy. But after doing some of my own research, I think one of the most compelling things that I've seen. That you can go look at if you just want to search for an image using Bing or some other not as corrupted as Google search engine. Look at the Suez Canal, there's like a satellite shot, it's a very, I don't know if a satellite shot or a, you know, a plane at seven, you know, 70,000 feet, a spy plane, but it's a broad picture of the Suez Canal. The Suez Canal itself is 120 miles long. Now this picture, because it was taken so high, shows another 30 to 50 miles you know, on one side and another 30 to 50 miles on the other side. So this is probably 200 miles okay, in just the Suez Canal that 120 miles, which is completely flat. Look at the time lapse of ships going through it. They never engineered for a curve. There should be approximately, it's either just over or just under two miles of curvature in the Suez Canal. Now, consider that that heliocentric math requires that the curve that I just described continue in perpetuity because it has to make a basketball, right? Where is the curve hiding in the Suez Canal, and where is it hiding for the next 200 miles, in the next 200 miles? So, again, this is not a hill I want to die on. No, I know, I know I this. I understand. All that I, have,
0: I have a question, though. So, this is not something I've ever dug, dug into myself. I've, I've heard people, you know, talking well, it's about… Da- it's
2: dangerous and, territory, right? It, I know. I,
0: it's right up there with talking about religion. Yeah. But, no, here's my question. So the people who believe it's flat earth, why do they think that we're being lied to
2: and told that it's round? Well, you would enjoy that conversation then with David because he firmly believes it is to hide from the people that the biblical earth... If you are to believe that it's not round, and if you don't believe in the Copernicus heliocentric model, um, if you don't believe we're hurtling through space and time at you know tens of thousands of miles and you know it's insane speeds, uh-huh. then you do come to the conclusion that we are sitting on something beautiful that has a creator. It has a signature of the creator. But until
1: the twentieth century, that was most of the world, and we all thought the world was round at that point.
2: Yeah, and, and, uh, and atheism uh, really. The- it's really Copernicus that the heliocentric model um, lives and dies by. And uh, so what was I just going to say? Oh, the other compelling thing, um, Corey, is that on um, Werner von Braun's tombstone, oh, his yes. tombstone marker, <laughs> yeah. is the Bible passage. Well, it's the, you have to look it up, but he puts Psalm 19, verse 1, which I'm paraphrasing is, um, the heavens declareth God's glory, and the firmament showeth his handiwork." That was Werner von Braun, the inventor of the rocketry, said to get us to the moons, uh, to the moon, the Apollo missions. And by the way, uh, originally in the '50s, he said those uh, rockets would have to be at least as tall as the Empire uh, State Building, and they would have to be three-stage rockets. That ain't what they built, and that ain't what took us to the moon, according to NASA.
1: Hey, let me ask you this: You, you remember what was the name, and Corey? Did you ever hear about this? I don't know if maybe you have, uh, but Werner von Braun. Who? What was the name of his like deathbed assistant? What was her name again? That she she took mm-hmm. she she toured about uh, and talking about all of his deathbed confessions. What was her name? Castell. Hold on. Yeah. Well, yeah. I almost want to say it's Corey, C-O-R-R-I-E.
2: But I have to look. Uh,
1: Catherine Bell? No. That's not it. I, I don't She's know.
2: Blonde-haired. I'll find
1: Somebody it. in the chat room probably knows. Somebody in the chat room knows. I'll keep a lookout for this. Boy, I'm going to have to delete this episode over YouTube as soon as I get off. Yeah, you are. Oh, yeah. As soon as I get Don't worry. It'll still be on Rumble. It'll still be on Bitchu. It'll be everywhere. But as soon as we sign off, I'm deleting it immediately. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Carol hey, have Rosen, you, have you
1: changed Carol your model? Rosen.
2: I feel you didn't use Zoom in the
1: past, did you? No, this no. This is the second time that you and I, uh, we three, have done this call on on Zoom. But I am now, I am now uh, firmly in Zoom land when it comes to bringing guests on because Skype. I loved Skype, but. Uh, group calls sucked, and also when anybody called in with video, there was always a drift between the audio and the video, and it looked terrible. And I couldn't yeah. fix it. Um, Zoom is just—I guess—it's a lot lighter bandwidth-wise, and it, it, it doesn't mess up on me. But um, boy, oh, can oh. I
2: tell you one thing, yeah. by the way? You—you you mentioned Werner's uh, assistant. Carol, it up. It's, Carol, it's Carol Rosen. Yeah, and she went—you know—after his death, she spoke for him and said. He always told her, Carol, everything is a lie. Everything mm-hmm. is a lie. And the final lie is. will be the alien lie. Yep. And basically he said there will be an alien UFO deception that they will try to pull uh, as their final, final lie. But he told her while he was alive, everything is a lie, which makes me believe that that whole NASA moon mission thing is a total hoax. By the way, I played in... You guys got to go listen to that interview with Dave, because in that interview, I play a great clip of Buzz Lightyear, I like to call him, um, admitting that they didn't go. A little girl asks him, why haven't we gone back to the moon in so long? And Buzz says, well, that's the question I have. That's not a little girl's question. That's my question. He says, but I think I know. because." we didn't and if we didn't we should know why we didn't go and he goes on and on for like 30 seconds and then he takes this long pause and he goes money is a good thing <laughs> it's like it's the it's the rantings of somebody who's really getting up He'll, in years yeah. and then the truth just spills
1: out yeah it seemed it seemed like it was a combination of him being old and uh, and and kind of losing his uh, his filter and also a little bit drunk like, I don't know. It seems like a guy that, uh, it seems like he, that's like how I would, uh, I would let something slip if I, if I had a couple of shots of whiskey, yeah. you know, I don't know, but, uh, well, you, well, have you mean, guys
2: ever seen that uh, Bart Sabrell uh, video, funny thing, a uh, documentary, funny thing happened on the way to the moon?
1: I did. Yes. I love it. That's I haven't a, that's seen a, it. A, that's a good oh. one. Corey, you would love that one. It's 45 minutes. It's very compelling stuff. It makes you ask a lot of questions.
0: What's what's it called? I'm going to
2: write it down. A A funny thing happened on the way to the moon, and uh, in his copious amounts of research he did for that thing, uh, Bart requested everything possible through FOIA from NASA every tape he could get. And back then they'd send them to you. And I know this firsthand because when I worked for Target back in the day, uh, I don't want to bore you with the details. I did a NASA thing, a celebratory thing about Apollo. I believed all that crap. We got all the footage, NASA sends you all the stuff. And back then it was on like digital beta. Uh, And um, so, Uh, Bart got all of this footage, and he was going through it all, and they accidentally sent him a reel that he couldn't believe. When he put it in, it said, uh, Top secret for NASA eyes only, only," or internal NASA eyes only. And he's watching this, and he Mm -hmm. quickly realizes that it's near-Earth orbit footage of the three astronauts who at that point on that date were said to be two days away from Earth and approaching the moon, and they're Mm -hmm. faking a shot through the window to make it look like that's the Earth because the round window makes it look like a round Earth. But they were in near-Earth orbit, time stamps and all. So they faked it, man. They did not go all the way to the moon. And then if you look at that lunar lander, Corey, go find a high-def image of the lunar lander and (laughs) zoom in on it. It looks like it was made with, like, Masking
1: tape and tinfoil, tinfoil, no and I, curtain rods. That that was that's the the, the big money shot, Corey. Of the uh, of the whole film is when they 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 look at the angling from out, outside of the uh, the observation window there, and how right. um, they, they use like black pieces of paper. And it, it's it's interesting. I would love to hear your dissertation on it afterwards.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be. Well, it's always fascinated me, and I have leaned more towards no, they didn't go, and uh, definitely. I haven't looked into the, you know, the whole, I haven't dissected the flat earth theory, but I've always felt that uh, there's a lot of things going on on this planet that we're not being told accurately about.
1: Mm. (laughs) It doesn't
0: feel right. I feel more like we're in some sort of a dome here.
1: Biodome. Hey, hey, uh, Sean, I know you have to leave in a couple minutes. Why don't you give everybody some plugs as to where they can find your work? I know many people in the audience already follow your work, but for those who have come on new, let them know.
2: Well, thanks. I'm just looking up the Apollo missions cost, because what did that cost? <laughs> How much money did they fleece from us? Because it just people will ask the question, why would they fake it? But why would they fake the moon? Why would they fake the moon? Right. Well, you had the Cold War with Russia. Right? And if you believe that you know, the nations actually are separate and it's not all part of some you – because know, I would believe the Russians have figured it out by now, the Chinese too. But why would they do it? Well, you want to flex your muscle and just you know, show, the, show the world that you have really superior firepower. You could bomb them from the moon, I guess, if you wanted to. We can send men to the moon. There's that, but then there's also the money. Yeah, A, lot a black of- hole for money to flow to, just like with that James Webb telescope. 500 million dollar budget becomes a 10 billion dollar project i mean it's all about the money well you know but, go,
1: uh, go, going back to what you said about what was lost i know you, you, i'm trying I, I told you to to wrap up and, and no now i'm, good. I'm sorry. but anyway going back to what you said what was lost i remember when we were growing up well when the first generation iphone came out i was already a you know in height whatever it was college or whatever um when the iphone came out I know, everybody loved sharing infographics, and some of them were actually endorsed by some government agencies, maybe even NASA, that the computing power that was contained in the first generation iPhone was more than the computing power of the entire Apollo mission that got us to the surface of the moon. And I'm thinking to myself, how the fuck is that possible? I was yeah. like, how, that possible? What do we, how do we get to the moon on a typewriter? I don't understand how that's how it's possible. You know, <laughs>
2: there, there are numerous times during a month where I might be at Planet Fitness working out, and my wife calls, and we can't have a conversation that isn't breaking up and ultimately fails frequently, and we each have an iPhone. So how, in 1970 or 68 or whenever that famous call was with the astronauts on the moon, Talking to Nixon in the White House in real time. Can somebody explain to me how that
1: worked? No, I don't. I can't. I can't explain it. <laughs> I can't. And I'm not necessarily a. I'm. I'm, well, I'm not a flat earther either. But if I were ever to come face to face with somebody and say, well, "Okay, fine, Frank, prove it that the world is round," I couldn't prove that either. I just. So, uh,
2: The other, yeah, I know. The other um, really beautiful part about the conspiracy theory, uh, Corey, about the moon missions is that uh, in in many schools of thought, it's believed that it was Stanley Kubrick who played a role in the original, not all of them, because they went back and back and back for three, four years or whatever. And it became so uh, laissez-faire that the American people stopped tuning in. Can you believe that? So then... The illusion was, you know, complete. They could do whatever they wanted. And then they got sloppy, because you can go back and look at pictures of things that changed that were said to have never changed. I I can't get into the details now, and I don't have that stuff in front of me. But, um, yeah, Uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick, because, listen to this, for his um, movie, oh, the name of which escapes me, um, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but uh, for a movie uh, that he used no lighting for at all. And he shot it all um, with just natural light. It's an amazing movie. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, He got NASA lenses and NASA cooperation to get the highest quality lenses and and cameras available at the time. And so he was already in the fold with NASA before the Apollo missions. So it's believed that he was then pressured into helping them at least fake the first mission uh, uh, convincingly. And um, in his uh, Space Odyssey movie, Um, What's that one called, uh, Frank? It's on the tip of my tongue. 2001. Uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. He used rear screen projection in the opening scene with the uh, ape men, the cavemen. uh, And it was so convincing that he did not win an Academy Award that year for uh, his ingenious uh, rear screen projection breakthrough because uh, the uh, people at the Academy believed those to be real apes not men in suits. So he didn't win for that technology, but there are images in the Apollo official moon pictures, the NASA official pictures of backdrops. So think of a lunar landscape, a rolling hill, that are identical, that show up in different places where the guys in the lunar rover were said to be at the time or upon subsequent missions where the lunar lander landed at the time. So they say they landed in a different place, same exact rear screen backdrop. So it's really, really interesting to think how they pulled it off, if they pulled it off. But I did a uh, interview just a couple months ago with Bart Sabrell, and if you wanna go search for that, you can listen to him talk about the whistleblower he interviewed, a deathbed whistleblower interview Former military guy who said it was pulled off at such and such military base in Arizona.
1: Hmm. See, Corey?
0: So, so I gotta ask that. So how much money has gone into, uh, let's see, SpaceX? Oh
2: yeah. Oh. And,
0: and and what's going on there?
1: Well, I mean that's billions. That's it. we're just talking about maybe billions to hundreds of billions. But since the since the uh, the 50s, I don't know. Uh, you, we're talking trillions. I, God, it's trillions. Trillions. We're, and, and that's oh, just, mean... that's just what's, on the, that's what's on the books of what's been remitted from the Treasury. You know, there's well, a lot I think,
2: of... it's Corey, maybe you're asking more
1: to the point, though, is what's going on with Elon? Is
2: he faking things, too? And, you know, I don't know, but I will bump for the rest of my life on that whole nonsense about we sent a Tesla into space. And yeah. then Elon says, you know how it's real? Because it looks so fake. And mm-hmm. then he said that it literally was a stock production Tesla. So rubber tires, you know, vinyl dashboard, I no. That does not hold up in sub-zero temperatures in a vacuum of space. That does right. not hold up on the on the sun side with temperatures, in, what, six, 800 degrees Fahrenheit? Yeah. And none, that doesn't add up either. So, and the other thing I would say, Corey, just as it relates to SpaceX and Elon Musk and then guys like Jeff Bezos, we're to believe that these men with single generational vision have made themselves the two richest guys on planet Earth versus <laughs> oh, no. multi-generational banking money and, and the CIA and NASA and black money and black projects and funneling things through the public straight to the private sector. It's just insane. Oh I, mean, I know. We're just I, I, I think Carol I'm, was right. It's all lies.
0: I'm not a fan of uh, Elon for many reasons, and I'm surprised to see how many people are fans of Elon. I personally believe he's uh, intentionally used to befriend people and get in with the younger crowd and the tech crowd and uh, draw them in. But no, he's he's right in there with all of them. But you know, look at what they've done. Look at the billions and billions they've taken out of government to go over to Africa, somewhere where. We have no oversight. We have no idea what they're doing over there. We know it's all going into slush funds. I mean, I've, I've traced the money going way back and how they move it around in between their companies, you know, they being the Gates and the Rockefellers and the Clintons and the UN and the WHO and all of them. They all just ship the money around. It goes through there through the ministries. They take all their cut. Maybe 10% goes to some front. So it's really what we're talking about with all this money going out to uh, to NASA. It's it's really no different than that. They do this. That's why they send so much of our money out of country. There's there's, you know, it's so much easier. There's no oversight. And, right. And how much is it that Catherine said? Was it 22 trillion or something that goes unaccounted for out of the Pentagon? I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, they said no oversight, and that's just the money that's remitted from the treasury. There are other Unaccounted for streams of revenue. We, we've talked about it for almost 20 years with what was going on with the poppy fields in Afghanistan. I, um, right. when I interviewed one of the one of the first pairs of boots on the ground out there, in uh, after after 9/11, and he told me that it wasn't very wasn't very long after the operation got kicked off out there that they were looking at two trillion, nearly two trillion dollars a year, in unaccounted for money from from those poppy fields. So you think about two trillion God knows what other kind of operations they have going on and, and then and then they get a, a public budget of 800 billion dollars coming from the Treasury I mean that's just the public budget that's vacation money but well, um, and I,
2: you guys remember the opium wars in China right that the British waged against China they got everybody addicted in China to opium not everybody but there was a huge opium uh, heroin crisis essentially in China well what yeah. happened after um, uh, 9/11? We get to go to Afghanistan and there's Geraldo Rivera, you know, uh, interviewing a military guy, um, spokesperson. And he's like, yeah, it's not our job to teach them how to live differently. I mean, they believe what they believe. And the opium production here is central to many of these farmers. So it's our job to protect the opium fields. So then what did we see? We saw an explosion of heroin coming into the United States, basically opium wars against the United States. And now what do we see? Fentanyl wars? I mean, there's an entire war being waged against our country, and Joe Biden and a lot of these people are a part of it. I mean, the borders are wide open. So what's coming through besides the drugs? Oh, well, that gets us back to that suitcase nuke fearmongering in New York City with that PSA. Um, they can blame it on anybody they want.
1: They could, right? And and, right.
2: and, and what's going
0: on with these these bases that they're building? I, I can't even remember where they're at. It was one of those things that just blew by. I think there's a couple of them now that the Biden administration is buying these up and using them for holdovers for immigrants coming through. I figured you guys probably have talked about that. You know more than me on it.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I covered a story years ago about faith-based. Faith-based initiatives on the border that were 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 acting in as that that kind of like a it was a, it was almost like a drop-off point for smuggling people across, and it was a lot mm-hmm. of different type of church groups that were actually involved with that. Uh, uh, with Ted Cruz, he had he had links to that. So there's so many different ways. There's so many different facilities. Um, yeah. I. The, well, didn't didn't the Koch brothers? Weren't the Koch brothers in the the, the 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 housing mix when it comes to building facilities that were that were bringing in what of course I I guess they were they thought was free labor I saw some people reporting on that back in the day I don't know if it was speculation or not but I should probably get that get that all uh, squared away before I say it again but still
2: you sparked another thought though and it is this um, human trafficking problem which of course those of us who reported on as it related to Comet Ping Pong and the 49th most powerful man in Washington D.C. as declared by GQ uh, James Alephantis uh, a pizza shop owner that didn't make a lot of sense to me so kind of dug in a little bit i thought oh that's that's uh, david brock's former boyfriend and that's interesting because as fate would have it then in 2020 october 15th uh, i was terminated along with x22 report and so many other people by youtube on the back of a media matters for america hit piece and then a week later on the back of another media matters for america hit piece i was terminated by patreon because of what Media Matters wrote in those pieces about me and others. And I was one of the people pointing the finger at James Elephant saying, well, hmm, maybe what's going on at Comet Ping Pong and its associated businesses and his relationship with um, the Clintons and the Podestas is what makes him a powerful man in Washington, D.C. And what might that be? Well, then we found out that the Clinton Foundation came to the rescue of uh, Laura Silsby, after the earthquake in Haiti when she got caught trying to smuggle out thirty three children. Yep. Yeah. Child trafficking. And then we find out as we dig deeper about that art in embassies project that allows embassies around the world to ship
1: live art to each other.
2: Mm-hmm. Live art, I wonder what that could be.
1: I don't know. Is it anything like a Wayfair cabinet? You remember that for a couple of weeks? Yeah. I sure do that was that was a that was a spooky couple of weeks, of course went away and uh and I don't know just blew up to any anywho any uh, Sean, I've kept you way past what you said you had allotted tonight. Please let everybody know where to find you. course oh, this is so fun I it know it's fun, it I know. Is fun. I know. that's if why I, if i
2: if I didn't have a wife who I promised I would be off at seven fifteen so we could go grab a bite to eat. I would stay on for another hour with you guys <laughs> this... kind we're kindred spirits and frankly. You let me you let me talk about the nature of the earth and that is a very off limit topic my friend.
1: I know. That, that's why well, and, I like bringing and, you guys and, back on.
0: And now that we mentioned com- comet ping pong you're definitely going to be taking the YouTube video. Oh, down, I so. I
1: I'm, I'm I'm not even leaving the <laughs> studio. As soon as I hit sign off, it's delete because I'll download it from D live, I'll encode it, I'll put it up <laughs> everywhere else. But it's it. Whoever's watching this on YouTube right now is here for a very special event. Oh, that's awesome.
2: All right. Well, thanks for having me on, and I'll make it super simple since I'm not on Twitter or YouTube or Vimeo. uh, I'm not on Patreon anymore. I got terminated from all those. MailChimp won't let me do business with them. PayPal says I can't do business with them, so I no longer buy anything off of eBay, so that's their tough luck. You guys can find me directly at sgtreport.com. The top three new videos are always at the very top. And then I post a lot of stuff at the phaser.com. That's my other site stuff that you can't really find elsewhere. If you don't know what you're doing and you don't know who to look for. So appreciate you having me on.
1: I love, I love, I love having you both on Corey, dot Tell us what you're working on. What's coming up next.
2: Oh gosh.
0: I am working on a new series that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks. So I will be uh, announcing that soon enough. Uh, and then, Oh gosh! T- still just digging into reports. Uh, I just did a short article a few days ago. Um, it was a good one. <laughs> it's called "I Have Nothing to Hide." So it's a three-minute read. I recommend people reading it. I think people wow. will get kind of a kick out of it. Um, it's it's it'll it'll strike a chord.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna read it because that's the first time I, I've I've known you to, to write anything that's a three-minute read. It's, I'm going to have to do it rare. just for the history version. That's just it, for the it was one of those
0: ones that hit me at like 3 in the morning, and I just grabbed my laptop in
1: bed and just jammed it out. Well, that's, that's all on coreysdigs.com.
0: Yes.
1: And SGT Report, you guys have been so great. Thank you for keeping me company tonight. And I'll get in touch with you again soon, and we'll put something on the on the uh, the, the thing for maybe early September or who knows, I, at least once every two months. Sounds
2: yeah. good to me. Sounds good. Corey, good to hear from you. You too, Sean. All have right, a take good care. dinner. <laughs> good night. Yeah, thanks.
1: Good night, my friends. See you Good Franko. night. Later. All right. Wow. Well, I feel great having hung out with them and there you go. So now listen. Here's what we have going on. It's 8:26, 8:28. I'm going to take a really two-minute break to get all the super chats up and get the I'm going to read through those, maybe take some calls. I'll save the thread I have today for tomorrow because I'm going to need things to do tomorrow since I pushed back the interview with uh, George Alexopoulos and and RazorFist. I have to actually get a new date on the on the books with them. I feel really bad about this because I've been been waiting to talk with RazorFist for years. It was great to, you know, but anywho, um, we'll get that done. I do want to make this one quick announcement, though. As you all know, at 9 o'clock is Monday night on QuiteFrankly.tv. It is Mystery Movie Monday. Now, last week's movies were Dazed and Confused and American Graffiti. But tonight on QuiteFrankly.tv, on the after hours, starting at 9 o'clock, or as soon as I get off of here, tonight's classic comedy movies are sure to help you escape and decompress into goofy nostalgic bliss, Abe says. Come and giggle with Frankly's... With this high-flying classic comedy movie pair. So two movies tonight. P.S. I'm not gay, but my boyfriend is. P.P.S. Mark Swan is my boyfriend. So that's from Abe. So he's working through some things tonight. And you guys and gals are going to have some really great, nostalgic, fun, loving Movies to watch on quite frankly TV after this all concludes. Thanks again to Corey and to Sean. We will be right back. Do not leave. It's a quick, brief break. Become a sponsor of the show. I was so happy to meet so many new sponsors over the weekend. Some one dollar a month, five dollar a month, uh, anything that suits your budget. And I really just appreciate everything. And for those of you out there who is not in the cards to be able to be a financial supporter. Um, then please become a social media sponsor and share it with everybody you know. Share it with everybody you know, and I hope that I hope that they like it. Hope I don't let you down. We will be right back. Be right back.
2: Welcome to intermission. We'll,
1: we'll be right back. Thank sure. you. Quite frankly. 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 Quite
2: frankly. Quite
1: frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly! Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly? Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Okay, so welcome, welcome. I'm happy to have you back with me. We're going to go into our Super Chats, and then we're going to take some calls, and then we're going to end. I'm going to immediately burn this episode on YouTube. Please don't tell anybody that it ever happened. Don't tell anybody, please. Very grateful to have you here. All right. Let's start on Rockfin. Gene Audino says, hello from, from Rhode Island. Uh, looking forward to another fun-filled week. Yes. Yes, indeed. Fun-filled week. Let's do it. Uh, Fishhead Montana. Fishhead Montana says, Sean is a badass. He just lets it all hang out, don't he? I've still never seen him in real life. Sean's one of those guys like, uh, that, he's like, he say, hey, Frank, you, you want to see a picture of me? I'd probably say, you know what? No, I don't. I don't. Because I don't know what I'm envisioning. But I don't... I. It's like I don't want to ruin it. Not to say that he's going to be upsetting to look at. But, like, other people, too. I'm just like, okay, well, if we're ever in the same place together and I need to know who what you look like so I can wave, hey, hey, Sean. But other than that, I'm just... I don't know what Corey looks like either. I think I saw... She used to use one old, very grainy, like, intentionally filtered video to maintain her anonymity. Uh, uh, uh image, not video. Uh, for, like, press and stuff. So I don't know what they look like. Whole bunch of people out there that I'm very close with. I don't know what they look like, but they know me. They know me. Let's see. Let's jump into, quite frankly, Super Chat land, shall we? First one at the top of the heap is Stostube. tube says, great guest to start the week off with, Frank. Thank you. Thank you, Stostube. It's wonderful to have you out there. Um, and I'm still offering friends of mine cigars that you, saved, uh, you sent me a couple of months ago, and they have come in great, really handy. Everybody's enjoying it. It's actually done a great amount of good for the lefties brand because I know a couple of friends who are already instant fans now. Thank you. Casual Normie an hour ago says, I've heard people say Trump is controlled opposition. That doesn't make much sense to me because of the way they re and foam at the mouth and menstruate. What do you think? Also, Frank, I got you and your family in my prayers. Strength to you all. Thank you thank you I appreciate that got a picture over here as far as the Trump control opposition thing I don't know we've talked about that so many times I don't know nobody uh, he I don't know nobody uh, is allowed to even ascend that high up the ladder without making a lot of friends a lot of contacts, doing a lot of the business deals with a lot of different type of people, regardless of party. But there are a lot of times when allegiances just fail, and people turn against each other, and people go rogue, and they get independent even in a slight way. Slight way. What? How? However slight it is, how does it upset the apple cart? are two far dangerous things, even if nothing's really happening. Uh, How dangerous are the ideas that people are adopting? How much more awake are they? How much more involved they want to get in everyday life and government? And how much are they... How much are they willing to now take as far as abuse goes now that they're able to identify the abuse properly? I don't know. We've had much better deeper cohesive and coherent uh, conversations and analysis on on that particular topic but I'm not really tapped into it right now. Donald Trump we're a couple years removed from Donald Trump and we are just individuals many individuals dealing with what we gotta deal with right now. All while trying to enjoy life so yeah one way or another Donald Trump is not going to be a relevant part of American political life for long. I mean, he's in, he's going into his 70s. He's in his 70s, even if he gets his second term. And by the way, not to blackpill. I mean, I know we did a lot of blackpilling uh, as far as what's going on with the election. How many things have changed? Has anything changed? Anything significant? Well, to kind of white pill you a little bit, or at least gray pill you, you should definitely go and check out, it's now a two-part article that Wendy Mahoney published for Uncovered DC that actually goes into, especially the battleground states, what has happened with with, uh, with with changes in local election laws, which are the thing that makes everything go. Local election laws. Coming right down to some of the more re- recent things from states like Wisconsin that deemed that drop boxes these ballot drop boxes are illegal so a lot has happened now i don't know i don't know what we're looking at in 2024 and we'll obviously be talking about it because we'll be god willing we'll be walking the walk and enjoying our each other's presence and wondering what's going to happen and what comes next which is what we're always doing but we'll see we'll see Uh, Silky Johnson says It's amazing Frank Who would have thought That if you give a predator A loophole That they would take advantage of it I'm shocked and stunned Um, With the very feminine And oh yeah Talking about the Talking about the the Impregnated women At the Women's prison Incredible This is from R.B. back yesterday. R.B. says, Hi, Frank. I found your show last year. It flipped me through a difficult pregnancy. I had my baby March 5th, and now we listen together while she naps on my chest. It is my birthday, and I was hoping to get a shout-out from you. Thank you, Roberta. Roberta, happy birthday and congratulations. You know, there's going to be a place... I don't know what heaven's like. I often say if I can if I can spend eternity anyway, it could either be living in the uh, in the background painting of a Disney film like like the forest scenes in Bambi or all of the neighborhood scenes in Lady and the Tramp, just beautiful neighborhoods, picturesque. Or I would love to spend eternity as the aroma of garlic bread. That would be fantastic. But if those two options aren't on the table, <laughs> actually those would be runners up compared to this one coming home coming home at any time during that first year of Aurora's life and seeing you know just walking through the door around 9 o'clock and there she is laying on Aurora uh, on on Lauren's chest because you know around that time that's when Lauren would let her fall asleep on her chest and then she'd very carefully she'd be on the couch very carefully stand up stand up and um, bring her into her room and put her in her crib and that was it for the night and that's heaven to me. I have I have some pictures of that actually. I had to take a picture of that. Lauren just on the couch with the baby on her chest. Great. What else do we have here? Tony Tony Garrett did we do this last week? I've come into some money and said to myself when would I send the folks though that, that I watch online you were the first one I thought of no need to read this out just want to pass on some gratitude you've certainly earned it only wish it were more well Tony I didn't see this last Friday before we uh, hung up with each other but thank you I appreciate it more than you know and that was a really fun show with Timothy Alberino. I think a lot of a lot of people saw did you see that I what i flashed you guys <laughs> oh i had to do something and matt wasn't here so it's all by my lonesome all right over to rumble on rumble i've got a couple of super chats here selling the farm says this was a great and gr- uh, this was a great and is a great show excellent guys thank you pdr 111 says the spinning globe is a false idol. The sky keeps perfect time. Yes. Okay. So there you go. False idol. So many false idols. You can't you can't move it's getting. You can't move. Every step in any direction. You're a heretic. Tom Ford. Tom Ford says Ray Epps is an asset. But to which agency uh, does agency even matter here? CIA maybe, but domestic soil. Uh, C Blanche says, "Well, thank you so much." C Blanche says, "F COVID, F these mask holes." Well, I can't wait to delete this this episode. I'll be safe. Uh, BQ says, "Awesome guest, love Sgt. The show with David Weiss was on fire. Great show, Frank. Thank you." Don't ever say that I don't, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm closed-minded. I let a lot of things get discussed and uh, on this show, and I'm sure we'll do a lot more of that in the future, but that's, that's about all that it's going. That's about all that we're doing. Just exploring. River Pike says, we are all leaving this earth sooner or later. That's very comforting. Donkey Punch says, shout out to Tom Ford. Good guy. And thank you just because? Tom Ford again says, space is fake and gay. Earth is a flat disc. Okay. Donkey Punch says, I like turtles. Bob says, some very interesting topics discussed with Corey and Sean. Thanks. Bob is always very grateful. I get a small little recap of every show in email from Bob every night. Hey, Frank, great show. And then he just gives his notes about... All, all the topics that we hit and, and the things that people said, what made him laugh, which I really love. I love when people get in touch with me and tell me what they liked, because then I know to keep doing it, keep doing things like that. People get it all wrong. I, Frank, I, I have, I don't, I don't like that you. Well, shut up, delete, delete, not ruining my night. Just tell me what you liked. I'll do more of it. All right. You know what you resist persists, ladies and gentlemen. If you call in and you say, "I don't like that you're doing this and this and that," I'll just start doing it out of spite. That's that's the angry teenager in me. Okay, so just tell me what you like, and I'll do more of it. Uh, Witchy poo, sending prayers for Skip. Thank you, thank you. I'll be praying all night. Uh, thank you so much. Cookies. There, Here comes the cookies. Here they all come. Thank you. Witchy poo again for Aurora. Witchy poo. Wow. Oh, witchy. Thank you for being you. Drinks needed for all these cookies. Now everybody's out. Everybody's doing their thing. Zozo dude says, Nikki is wondering if you shaved today just for us. Me? I shaved on Friday night. Because I had to go to a one-year-old's birthday party on Saturday. Oh, by the way, everybody got home safe. Everybody got home safe and sound. I... Lauren went to Massachusetts to visit some cousins. It was a, they were going to a, a, a bridal shower up there in Massachusetts. So she was going three hours in one direction and I had the baby and I had to go to a, my, my buddy from college, his firstborn turned one years old a couple days ago. And so I had to go an hour in another direction. This is the first time that daddy had the whole day with Aurora in a foreign place, it's one thing if Lauren leaves says, "Can you watch the baby today?" And you know, I know her nap times, I know her, I, I, I feed her things, take her out of the house, go up to the park, just run her all over the place until she just is so exhausted, she has no choice but to sleep, and that's easy, but it was uh, I had a lot of anxiety on, on, on Saturday. It was a different experience, but we got through it, got through it, everybody got home um, safe safe. I don't know how healthy everybody got home. Lauren was like car sick. So, dealing with that. All right. Let's see. Um a little bit more than that. Donkey Punch Riga Home says I laughed when I saw the cat fly by Friday night. <laughs> you know what everybody loved Saturday morning when I was thinking about things to do with Aurora. I was thinking about things to do with Aurora on Saturday to get us to nap time, because nap time would be in the car. So it was around 10.30. I said, I'm taking her to the studio. And I'm sure some of you probably saw this. Testing, testing, one two-year-old. This was from Saturday. Hold on a second. Listen. This is me and Aurora in studio. It's their first broadcast here. Aurora, look at this. But Come Come sit down a little bit. Judge, what's going on? What's going on, Judge Aurora? She had the gavel. Hello? Say hi.
0: Uh, uh.
1: Say, to talk about, did you see Lady and the Tramp today? Uh-oh. You hear, you hear, hold on, here. See if you can listen to this. Say something, you hear yourself? Say, hi, Tramp.
0: Hi, Jock.
1: Say, hi, Jock. Hi, Chalk. Hi, so Chalk. So did you talk to the lady in the tramp before? Yes. Yes. I talked to them before. But this is the funny part. I started, and somebody, uh, what was it? Uh, Bandersnats mm-hmm. put this in there. He said, the 324 mark is perfect. Just as you instruct her to use the, the, the cuts, like these cuts. All these cuts. So I started telling her, press some buttons. Press some buttons. Just as you instruct her to use the cut sparingly, when it really hits, she cues the trash can scene, uh, the trash can scene from Van Wilder. I think it's Van Wilder. Uh, master Stroke. She's a natural. Love you all. So I want to show you the the chaos of the, um, of all the, where is it? Three, two minutes, three minutes. Okay, so this is me. I am I'm telling her to, to do the, to hit all the buttons now. This! No, you... Yeah. Could it be... She hit that. Now she's hit, go all the way. She likes to... Whoa. okay. All right, all right. You have to... You have to do it sparingly. Sparingly. When it really hits. Comedic time. No! <laughs> okay. The, the timing is off. The, time, the timing is off, but you're doing great. You're doing great. Uh, say... <laughs> and that was that, that was that. So she, she really, she doesn't know that she was, she really did well. She really did well, I'm, I'm very, very proud of her. Oh
0: my God!
1: <laughs> <laughs> she'll learn. Couple more going to work with daddy days and she'll be just great. Maybe she could be my engineer. So I can just sit here and talk. Say Aurora, cue me up number one. no I couldn't do that. I want it now. I I need to I need to think it and have it already be done. So I don't think I'll ever have an engineer. I like this too much. But um but yeah. Okay, so I'm going to save all this stuff that I had over here for tomorrow. It's 8:50. Here's one last thing I can do for you. Oh, I have a couple of uh, birthday things. Let me do the birthday things and I'm going to read you a little bit from the Deathbed Confessions by Carol Rosen about Werner Von Braun. First we have this, Frank, this is Anna Marie. Unsubscribe star, I was wondering if you could wish my dad Scott a happy birthday as it is on the 17th and we love your show. Also good news frankly, another frankly baby has been born. Another one, I had quite the surprising Thursday morning as my baby made an early appearance. I'm sure he knows, uh, I'm sure he will know a few voices. Mine, his father's, my parents, and yours, from always listening to the show while pregnant. Have a great weekend, Anna Marie. Congratulations. I love hearing about babies being born. I love it. I really do. Congratulations. And here's another one. Congratulations and happy birthday, Scott. What am I saying here? I'm sorry, Scott. She started talking about the baby, and I (laughs) forgot all about you. (laughs) Happy birthday to Scott. Here's another one. This is from Mark and Erica. It says, hi, Frank. Please wish my wonderful wife, Erica, a happy birthday. Oh, it's from Mark to Erica. Wish my wonderful wife, Erica, a happy birthday, Tuesday the 19th. Oh, it's tomorrow. I'm sorry, Erica. Sorry. Didn't mean to jump the gun there. We start each day with your show and consider your Frankly family a part of our family. Oh, well, then if you listen to this on Tuesday morning, then it's all good. Happy birthday. It's your cousin Frankie. So, I love doing happy birthdays and other nice, happy announcements. We need more happy announcements out there, don't we? Um, But, yeah. Okay, so here is... One thing, and I could play another thing, too, because we have eight minutes. Here is from Carol Rosen. Here's a little bit of a transcript. As practically a deathbed speech, he educated me about, the. she's talking about Werner von Braun, one of the, the scientists that came over from Nazi Germany during Project Paperclip to head up the fledgling United States rocket program. As practically a deathbed speech, he educated me about those concepts and who the players were in this game. Um. Well, he, he said uh, Von Braun had a history of working with weapon systems. He escaped from Germany to come to this country and became a vice president of Fairchild Industries when I had met him. This is Carol talking. Von Braun's purpose during the last years of his life, his dying years, was to educate the public and decision makers about why space-based weapons are dumb, dangerous, destabilizing, too costly, unnecessary, unworkable, and an undesirable idea, and about the alternatives that are available. As practically a deathbed speech... He educated me about those concepts and who the players were in this game. He gave me the responsibility, since he was dying, of continuing this effort to prevent the weaponization of outer space. When Werner von Braun was dying of cancer, he asked me to be his spokesperson, to appear on occasions when he was too ill to speak. I did this. What was most interesting to me was a repetitive sentence... ...that he said to me over and over again during the approximately four years that I had the opportunity to work with him. He said the strategy that was being used to educate the public and decision makers was, was to use scare tactics. That was how we identify an enemy. The strategy that Werner von Braun taught me was that the first Russians... first the Russians are going to be considered the enemy. In fact, in 1974, they were the enemy, the identified enemy... Uh, we were told that they had killer satellites. We were told that they were coming to get us and control us. That they were commies. Then terrorists would be well. They well. There was a very violent communist uh, faction in control of the country. Uh, of the country, of course. But where did they get their mandate from? That's the question. Uh, then terrorists would be identified, and so, so terrorists. You're talking about tin pot dictators, the the Kim Jong oons and eels and ums and dums. Uh, terrorists would be identified. That was soon to follow. We heard a lot about terrorism. Then we were going to identify third world country crazies. Well, there, there you go. Uh, then now we call them nations of concern. But he said that would be the third enemy against whom um, uh, he said that that would be the third enemy against whom we would build space based weapons. The next enemy was asteroids. Now, at this point, he kind of chuckled that for the first time he said it, asteroids against asteroids. We are going to build space-based weapons. And the funniest one of all was what he called aliens, extraterrestrials. That would be the final scare. And over and over again, during the four years that I knew him and was giving speeches for him, he would bring up that last card. Quote, and remember, Carol, the last card is the alien card. We are going to have to build space-based weapons against aliens, and all of it is a lie. Now, uh, apparently, because I've read a lot about and I watched a lot about Carol Rosen, maybe I've missed something. Werner von Braun, though he was very close to her over those four years, I have never seen her say anything about the shape of the Earth. I've never seen anything. And if she did, please send me the link. I'd like to see her say it. Um, And that being said, here is one last thing I thought was pretty cool. Now, you know what? I'll save this for... I'm going to save this for Thursday when Rob's here. Because it has to do with Ian Crossland finding God. During Timcast the other night, someone sent it to me, the timestamp. I said, good for you, Ian. You're getting there, man. Continue your curious pursuits, Ian. You're getting very close to the big reveal. All right. Well, I uh, I appreciate you guys and gals for the company, and tomorrow's another day. I look forward to being with you all. And please, I would love to uh, I would love to invite you over to Quite Frankly TV, where we have two great nostalgic, feel-good summertime movies that are going to be playing as soon as I conclude this broadcast in a couple of moments. I just want to make sure that I have not left any super chats behind captain cast iron was the last one said i took a couple of weeks off just to listen to music i'm glad to be back excellent show great to have you back captain cast iron wasn't the same without you on uh on rockman patriot angie for liberty says sorry to hear about skip good show frank actually got to watch live today best wishes to you and yours sending love and prayers your way and also, a question. If overnight a miracle happened and all your problems were gone, what would be different about your life tomorrow? How would it be different? Mm. Nothing would be different. Nothing. I'm doing everything that I love doing. I am... I'm around people that I love dearly. I work with people I love dear, dearly. Um. I really just... I really am... I'm really very grateful, but I I get very stressed out about the the state of people around me because I don't know I just don't like seeing people I love suffer. That's that's the, the 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 difference. So how would my life be different tomorrow? It would be exactly the same, but those I love wouldn't be suffering as much. So I'm I always wish that for you guys and gals at home as well, and I thank you that uh, whenever these little chapters in life pop up. We're um, we're not too far apart, so all right. I'll see you on Quite for the after after hours programming. We had some great after hours programming last night that I curated. You want to hear a little bit of what was on it? Since I have another another uh, minute, here you go. Because you can go watch the you can go watch the rerun anytime you want on Quite Frankly TV. This was last night. I particularly loved the after-hours programming. We had, let's see, I put a little Pantera in there. There's this 30-minute video. It was called, I took psychedelics as a Christian. What I saw shocked me. And I, I, it was just really interesting testimony. It was really interesting stuff. And a lot of it was like, whoa, I got, I, I, I got a lot out of that one. Uh, the terrible disaster of the SS Arctic, 1854, that was, that is a terrible sinking of a ship video. Horrible. Violent. Horrible. What else? Uh, Arab TV meme compilation, all of the worst breakdowns of people getting violent with each other and threatening each other on Arab TV. Hilarious. Hilarious. Uh Babe Ruth, Fancy Curves, Buster Keaton, Art of the Gag. I love that one. 230 AM at 7-Eleven near Disney World. It's about eight minutes or so. Oh shit. Oh, did the baby wake up with that one? There's a very did you just hear that, that thunder out there? That was a big thunder. Um 230 AM 7 eleven. 1987, somewhere by Disney World. Those movies are so precious, I'll say it over again, over and over again. They're some of the most precious movies, home videos, on the Internet. They're just little glimpses into simpler times, objectively better times. The people working inside of 7-Elevens, the people coming inside 7, the way that they talk to each other, the way that people just were attracted to these gigantic VHS video recorders. I remember my father recording everything with those recorders. Like he had a VCR on his shoulder. So different. But then we had uh, Dreamland with Art Bell. Comet Hail Bop, and Tales from Area 51. That was great. Phil Schneider, his last speech. We had that on last night. So never discount the weekends on QuiteFrankly.tv. And now I hand you over into the loving arms of Monday night on QuiteFrankly.tv. Thank you, everybody, and I'll see you tomorrow.
0: I'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Quite frankly, it's film before a live studio audience. And now, our Super Chatters. Starting with Captain Cast Iron, Stostube, casual, casual, casual Normie, Silky Johnson, R.B., and Tony Garrett. Tomorrow's another day, everybody. Thank you so much for tonight.